those nights when one drink with the girls turns into a bottle, but you need your car for brunch the next day. There's pickup. Or at Friday work drinks, where you don't want to leave your car with expensive tools at the pub. There's pickup. Don't miss out on the fun. Get a pickup. Simply book on our app, and we'll pick you up to drive you and your car home. Two drivers arrive, one drives you home in your car, and the other driver follows. Download the pickup app today. That's PKUP, and wake up worry free. Jack LeBrock. Hi, I'm David Reynolds, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. I'm joined by Adrian Mussolino, the editor of Supercar Extra magazine, and also the editor of the Supercar programs. And we're sitting in a, a cafe in Adelaide where this year, so close to the Victoria Park circuit, we won't be going down to enjoy the Clipsal 500. Adrian, I wanted to get your thoughts about the impact of the Clipsal 500 not being in Adelaide and what's that gonna mean for motorsport in South Australia? Yeah, it, it definitely leaves a big void and that, that's for sure. And it's, um, I think the impact's still being felt because we're gonna get to the season opener of the Supercars Championship and it's gonna be at Bathurst, which is unique in itself and Adelaide won't be there and even you know if the planned move to the end of the season had happened that would have felt strange but at least it would have been happening the, the fact that it's been cancelled outright is still you know pretty hard to comprehend and it's um, it's definitely going to have a lasting impact and it'll be a case of you know how it sort of recovers I guess and how it moves on that the now home of motorsport in South Australia, the Bend. Since the announcement last year, what have people said to you knowing that they, uh, as they do, that you're involved in the motorsport media and have a, have a role every year with the Clipsal event? There's definitely been shock, even from non-motorsport people. The, the assumption was it might not have gone ahead in 2021 given the COVID situation. Um, but there was an assumption that it would eventually come back. The fact that it was cancelled outright is the shocking part because at the end of the day it was still a massive event on a huge scale with crowds that we don't typically see around other supercars events, even street circuits. So the cancellation of it outright and the use of COVID as an excuse um, confused a lot of people because we're going to get to a point, especially as the vaccine rolls out, that there will be a bit of an end point with all this. So the fact that it's seemingly gone forever suggests that there were deeper, more um, problematic issues as for its cancellation. The event moved from a three-day event to a four-day event 10, maybe 15 years ago now. And there was a question of why wouldn't they scale it back and see what a smaller event would look like before throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah, this is my big issue with the race organisers is there wasn't an attempt to fix something that a lot of us could see were problems and causing not just a bit of a downward trend in terms of crowds, but also just a staleness that had crept into the event. You're definitely right. It was becoming harder to sustain the four-day event. And also, you know, um, as we discussed before, the potential move to the end of the season made so much sense from a local point of view. 
moving it away from the local arts festivals, making it the season finale, the championship decider, which worked so well for the Adelaide Grand Prix. So those options not being taken up probably speak to the underlying issues in terms of race organisation that probably ultimately led to the demise of the event. What's it feel like? We've been in Adelaide, I've been in Adelaide a few days now and I've seen the build up to the fringe and the, the garden and the unearthly delights which was always a, a favourite of fans leaving the track mm. and then spending a few more hours in the, the city precinct. You're seeing that advertising now, what's it feel like to you knowing that the race isn't all part of that mix? It's strange because it for me personally, obviously be involved in motorsport, it's a big loss, but I guess that also speaks to that one of the issues that the Adelaide 500 had was it was going up against another big event of such a scale that took over the city. So it was competing against something that you can't really compete against. Fringe, you know, is for all it's, you know, you pay to go see a show is a lot of free pop-up events. So it's difficult then to then put something else on where you're charging and expect people to get family and non-motorsport people. So um, that was problematic in itself. But I think um, for non-motorsport people, they'll notice it when it's not here. And that's not a good thing, if, if you know what I mean. It, it did become, a, for some people, you know, the traffic issues, the fact that it blocked the city for a week or two, the fact that you know, there was that motorsport noise during Fringe. It, it became, the clash became too real for a lot of people. And um, I guess that's where, you know, if there wasn't Fringe, you'd notice it a lot more. And that probably says everything about what the event was and should have been. It, it needed its own free space. Victoria Park has gone through a lot of change since the first motor race there, which was uh, with the Australian Grand Prix. More recently, it's been front of mind as a COVID testing station mm. for the city, yeah. a drive-through station. What is the future of Victoria Park? It no longer hosts horse racing, I understand. There will be no car racing, and a lot of the infrastructure for the car racing was used for the, the cycling festival in January. So, well, The fact is Victoria Park really hasn't actually gone through a lot of changes because it's also temporary. So the, the only thing that's there is the concrete slab, the curbs and the track layout and the rest of the year is just bare. And that was part of the arrangement for getting the Grand Prix in the first place was there was to be no permanent structure. So without the LA 500, all it means is you don't have this five, six month build process. So I think it'll remain as is, basically. And it's funny that through its history, it's, it's gone through a few different iterations, being you know a horse racing track from back in you know the foundations of Adelaide to the Grand Prix to the Adelaide 500 to the Race of a Thousand Years, and now it's actually sort of being used more for bike cycling racing as a criterium circuit, and there's a cycling cafe within that. So I think it'll remain as is. What will be lost was the infrastructure that was built up every year and that will be in the process of being sold now. Which that's really the thing that condemns the event because what makes it affordable is the fact that you own that structure and then it just becomes a case of building it each year. So um, for people who've never been to Adelaide away from Adelaide 500, it's fascinating to go there and see it and it's just like the remnants of something that was once there and and that's it. So, um, yeah, it's all, it's very strange. And to see it as a COVID testing site just rounds out the, 
the weirdness of the last 12 months. So for motorsport in South Australia, Tail and Bend has been built. It is a bright, shiny new circuit. It's been lacklustre for supercars so far, but it wasn't built for supercars either. The Shaheen family, quite, quite um, um, straightforward. With it was built for sports car racing and the hope of having an Australian sports car around. Yeah, it's. It's all things to motoring and motorsport, and it's not supercar specific, which is what obviously the Adelaide 500 was centered around. So it is different. It is going to be a period of adjustment for South Australian supercar fans to not have the Adelaide 500 and have the bend as their only round. You know, there was that sort of two, three year period where you had the two rounds at Adelaide 500 and the bend, and that was a added bonus, if you like. The key thing now will be how much of a crowd migrates over and goes to the bend that, you know, would go to the 500. Um, that's really the big question mark at the moment. And, you know, clearly that's now the heart and soul of South Australian motorsport. The fact that the Sheens also own Malala makes it sort of, um, you know, they're the sort of overarching sort of core of South Australian motorsport. So it will definitely be a period of adjustment and, um, all the things, you know, the differences between a street circuit and a permanent circuit are so massive and that's something that South Australian fans will have to get used to and you're not going to have the atmosphere that you had at the Adelaide 500, you're not going to have the concerts and the, the city vibe and the party atmosphere and, you know, the seeing so much of the track, it's just going to be, um, it's going to be a big difference, that's for sure. The course of the Grand Prix years and then the subsequent supercar years, South Australia produced not only a lot of drivers and mechanics that had this one focus, but they had a lot of officials, mm. a lot of people who worked in media, promotions, PR, that uh, all got their start in and around of the Adelaide 500. What's it going to mean to that motorsport industry and community? Is it going to shrink it or is it going to have no impact? It'll definitely have an impact for sure because Obviously, the size and scale of the Adelaide 500 meant that a lot of people were involved. You take that away, and not everyone can sort of, you know, migrate across to the Ben Motorsport Park and a smaller scale event and a permanent circuit that doesn't require the infrastructure and the sort of support to get an event up and going. So, it'll definitely have an impact. The bigger impact to me will be long term. What you see now is the result of the Adelaide Grand Prix years. All the people in media from South Australia and, you know, drivers, Nick Perkett, Todd Hazelwood, you know, um, Scott Pye, Tim Slade was born, was raised in South Australia. They're always a result of having grown up in as a sort of the legacy of the Grand Prix years. You, what you're going to see now in sort of, you know, a decade or two time is there will probably be that less amount of people who have come from South Australia involved in motorsport. So, that's the big shame. You, you're going to lose that sort of ongoing legacy, if you like, and um, inevitably it's going to be on, on a smaller scale for South Australia. Having two tracks now in South Australia, Malala and The Bend, is that going to help or is that going to hinder the ability for people? It's, I think the loss of the 500 will hinder, but in saying that, you know, the Bend Motorsport Park didn't exist five or so years ago. So that's a big, new, exciting thing. And the fact that it's a bit of a hub in terms of 
automotive and and motorsport and you know different forms of motorsport so, so that will have a positive impact it'll be a period of transition obviously we've seen the Shaheen family by Malala so there'll be a sort of relationship between the two and it'll be interesting to see what comes of that you know we'll see the likes of you know the Shannon's Nationals at, at Malala or you know we might not see supercars but it might be more grassroots so there is still that you know we've still got one world-class facility in the bend you know one improving facility in Malala with its own history so it'll just be a period of adjustment but what you won't have is that event that's at the forefront of everything you know that sort of big you know loud city event which did get a non-motorsport crowd and that's going to be a lot harder to get those people out to the bend in Malala. Now an interesting decision maybe five months after the cancelling of the Clipsal 500 was an event that had been cancelled the year before the South Australian or the Adelaide Motorsport Festival of Motorsport has been resurrected and the government has announced they are backing that again. Uh, the opposition will back it so it's same with the Adelaide 500 that the opposition has promised that if they get into power they will reinstate the Adelaide Motorsport Festival and the Adelaide 500. The issue there is as said with the Adelaide 500, the infrastructure isn't going to be kept because there's no point having grandstands of that size just sitting in a storage facility. So the election isn't for a year plus. So it's in the interest of the current government that cancelled the event to sell the infrastructure so it's harder for them, the following government, to just pick up and, and sort of reap, reap the benefits of saving the event. The Motorsport Festival is a, a lot smaller scale and there was no reason to cut the funding when you see the impact it had. It was growing, it was um, improving as an event, it was you know, a really different sort of um, audience and crowd. It was probably the only thing the city had that really paid tribute to the Adelaide Grand Prix and commemorated it. So, you know, personally I hope that event comes back almost just as much as the LA 500 because it's um, it's a connection to the Grand Prix which I think the state desperately needs and but we'll see it's going to depend on the opposition coming in power and, and that might be difficult because at the end of the day the current government has done a pretty good job handling COVID um, so that's obviously the primary concern for the electorate so we'll have to see but it will be an election topic for sure and that will be interesting to see how big of a swing it causes because it will be a good indicator of how many people actually want the race back. Well Adrian I know it's been a different start to 2021 than usual but it's always a pleasure to talk to you here on the show. Thank you yeah it'll be very interesting to be at Bathurst and season opener and not Adelaide but um, it's yeah big period of adjustment so we'll see how we go. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next time for more or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited.